Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Monday, January 31st. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph, there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Terumah, and it means offerings. Exodus 25, 17-30 Then make the ark's cover, the place of atonement, from pure gold. It must be forty-five inches long and twenty-seven inches wide. Then make two cherubim from hammered gold, and place them on the two ends of the atonement cover. Mold the cherubim on each end of the atonement cover, making it all of one piece of gold. The cherubim will face each other and look down on the atonement cover. With their wings spread above, they will protect it. Place inside the ark the stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, which I will give to you. Then put the atonement cover on top of the ark. I will meet with you there and talk to you from above the atonement cover between the gold cherubim that hover over the ark of the covenant. From there I will give you my commands for the people of Israel. Matthew 20, 29-21, 22 
As Yeshua and the disciples left the town of Jericho, a large crowd followed behind. Two blind men were sitting beside the road. When they heard that Yeshua was coming that way, they began shouting, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Be quiet, the crowd yelled at them. But they only shouted louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. When Yeshua heard them, he stopped and called, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, they said, we want to see. Yeshua felt sorry for them and touched their eyes. Instantly, they could see. Then they followed him. As Yeshua and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethphage on the Mount of Olives. Yeshua sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you are doing, just say the Lord needs them, and he will immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that says, Tell the people of Jerusalem, Look, your king is coming on a donkey. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Yeshua commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Yeshua was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in highest heaven. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this? they asked. And the crowds replied, It's Yeshua, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Yeshua entered the temple and began to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He said to them, The scriptures declare, My temple will be called a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. The leading priests and the teachers of religious law saw these wonderful miracles, and heard even the children in the temple shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. But the leaders were indignant. They asked Yeshua, Do you hear what these children are saying? Yes, Yeshua replied. Haven't you ever read the scriptures? For they say, You have taught children and infants to give you praise. Then he returned to Bethany, where he stayed overnight. In the morning, as Yeshua was returning to Jerusalem, he was hungry and he noticed a fig tree beside the road. He went over to see if there were any figs, but there were only leaves. Then he said to it, May you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree withered up. The disciples were amazed when they saw this and asked, How did the fig tree wither so quickly? Then Yeshua told them, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. You can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. Psalm 25, 16-22 
Turn to me and have mercy, for I am alone and in deep distress. My problems go from bad to worse. Oh, save me from them all. Feel my pain and see my trouble. Forgive all my sins. See how many enemies I have and how viciously they hate me. Protect me. Rescue my life from them. Do not let me be disgraced, for in you I take refuge. May integrity and honesty protect me, for I put my hope in you. O God, ransom Israel from all its troubles. Proverbs 6, 12-15 What are worthless and wicked people like? They are constant liars, signaling their deceit with a wink of the eye, a nudge of the foot, or the wiggle of fingers. Their perverted hearts plot evil, and they constantly stir up trouble. But they will be destroyed suddenly, broken, in an instant, beyond all hope of healing. I'd like to speak to you today from our Torah portion from Exodus 25, and then we're going to jump into Matthew chapter 21. And in Exodus 25, we see some instructions from Yahweh to Moses regarding the Ark of the Covenant. And he's telling him how to make the Ark's cover, that it's to be of pure gold, and that there are to be two cherubim um, on top, on the two ends of the atonement cover, and that the cherubim face each other and look down upon the atonement cover with their wings spread above it. They protect it. And then the two stone tablets with the Ten Commandments that have inscribed upon them the terms of the covenant are to go inside this ark. So let's think about this terminology, the terms of the covenant. This is a holy picture, a holy scene that is being described, because the terms of the covenant are the terms of the marriage covenant. Marriage is an institution that God created between one man and one woman to sanctify and to make holy a sacred union that the two should become one flesh. And it's a gift from God. And He is inviting us to step into marriage covenant with Him, with Yeshua. And the Ten Commandments, you could say, are like a ketubah. And in a Jewish wedding, there is a ketubah. It's a written covenant that both the husband and the wife, they sign it. And it's the terms and the conditions of the marriage. And so, in verse 22, he says, I will meet with you there, where? At the Ark of the Covenant, where the cherubim are, and talk to you from above the atonement cover. From there, I will give you my commands for the people of Israel. Now, if we could just be inside the skin of Moses for just a moment, and picture ourselves in the wilderness, in that wilderness tabernacle tent, 
stepping from the outer courtyard into the holy place where the menorah is and the table of showbread. And then going beyond the veil, the blue, red, and purple veil, into the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant was. And stepping into that place, a very intimate and holy place, that is where he would go, and God would speak with him. No wonder Moses' face shone, was shining and radiating with light, because he had been in the very presence of God. We can have those holy moments with him, perhaps not as intense, but we can have these kind of holy moments with the Lord. When we go into our prayer closet and shut out the world, turn off the news, turn off the cell phone and the texts, close the door, and focus on Him. And draw near to Him. Seek His face. Seek to draw close, like a wife to a husband, to snuggle, to draw in close, to come under His embrace. And not necessarily say anything, but just lean in close to his presence and receive from him his joy and his peace and his love, his words, his instructions. I encourage you to do that. Now let's jump into Matthew chapter 21. And we see Yeshua moving amongst the crowds. I'm going to back up into chapter 20. And there were two blind men sitting beside the road. Yeshua is coming that way and they ask him, have mercy on us. And he says, what do you want me to do? And they said, we want to see. And he felt compassion for them and touched their eyes and instantly they could see everywhere that Yeshua went he was always healing he had great compassion for the people and so in chapter 21 we see that Yeshua is telling his disciples to go fetch for him a donkey and he's going to ride into Jerusalem on the donkey, a very humble animal. So he's not coming in as a conquering king, riding a steady steed, a a stallion. He's riding a donkey. And that's to fulfill scripture, prophecy about that. So I want to jump down now into verse 18, chapter 21, verse 18. In the morning, as Yeshua was returning to Jerusalem, He was hungry, and he noticed a fig tree beside the road. He went over to see if there were any figs, but there were only leaves. Then he said to it, May you never bear fruit again, and immediately the fig tree withered up. First of all, the disciples are amazed that he could just speak to the fig tree, and that it would immediately wither. And, you know, so they said, Wow! How did you do this? How did you cause the fig tree to wither so quickly? 
So Yeshua answers their question, but before I get to his answer, what is the significance of a fig tree? What What is that hinting at? What's the deeper meaning of this? The fig tree, uh, remember, it was the fig tree in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. There was a fig tree there. And after they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they realized that they were naked. Their innocence and purity was gone, and they understood that they were naked, and they were ashamed. And so they covered themselves up with what? Fig leaves. They used fig leaves, and fig leaves can be very large. I would submit to you that we don't really know exactly what kind of a tree the tree of knowledge of good and evil was. Was it apples, oranges, pecans? I would submit to you that perhaps there's a suggestion that maybe that the fig the fig tree was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because immediately when they knew they were naked, they grabbed some fig leaves. So if that's true, then the fig tree can represent Babylon. It can represent mixture, knowledge of good and evil. And when Yeshua saw that this fig tree had no fruit, it was all leaves, what is that about? Well, that can represent people who have lots of knowledge and and head knowledge of the scriptures, but there's no action, no behavior, no change in behavior. It's all just leaves and no fruit. The fruit representing the deeds, the deeds that you do it, you live it out, you act it out, you put it into practice. So a fig tree then could represent a religious person who has lots of religion, lots of knowledge, but the deeds, the actions are missing. So what is Yeshua's answer when they said, how did you do this? Yeshua told them, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything and if you have faith, you will receive it. Wow, that's a huge faith builder. And our faith grows over time. As we see the Lord answer our prayers, it causes our faith to grow. If you liken your faith to a tree, every time you see an answer to a prayer happen, that tree gets fertilized. That faith tree gets fertilized. It gets watered. And the tree grows over time. Your faith grows over time. You can believe Him for bigger things. First, you might believe Him for a rent check to come. Enough money to come in the mail to cover your rent. And then when it happens, praise the Lord. You see that he is faithful. He's a faithful provider. Then you can believe him for something bigger. And so we want to pray in faith, trusting and believing. And one way to build our faith is to go back and look at what he's already done. 
In fact, it's a way to pray. Father, I thank you that you answered this prayer. You've done this for me. You've done that for me. You answered this prayer. You answered that prayer. And and just rehearse. Remember, tell him, I, I recognize your hand, that you answered this and this and this prayer over the last three months. What has he done? And now, Father, I bring a new petition to you. Here is this need. And I'm praying in faith, trusting and believing you're going to hear and you're going to answer. And it's just amazing to see the hand of God move. It really is. He is so compassionate. He is so loving. And he delights in his children, especially when they show humble trust and dependence upon him. So may you have the faith to speak to a tree the way Yeshua did, or to speak to a mountain that it would be cast into the sea. Maybe it's not a literal mountain, but maybe it's a big mountain of a problem. And you can just ask that mountain, that problem, to be cast into the sea and be removed. God is good. And there's no testimony without a test. Trust him and watch him cast mountains into the sea on your behalf. Have a blessed day. We'll see you tomorrow. Adonai Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.